Nah, a cheetah is not an aggressive animal. Mm-mm. A Show black me. man is a more aggressive animal than a cheetah, and I say that not with, not with any. Say it, hey, say it twice, nigga. Like not do more. Say it one more time. A black man is a more aggressive animal than a cheetah. special episode to me because we got one of the great minds in my opinion thank you amari <laughs> um, oh yeah and it, yo it's zoe and you know obviously i'm here with the king of the cap wesley keith uh, king of the nap i don't know about that cap now and also it's a special day because this nigga zell not educated like me and one of the great minds already in this room are it's made a fourth be with you you know, all us real force wielding niggas come in at this time. That's why we brought Amari in because my nigga, you know, he got you in touch with your, your midichlorian count, ain't you, Amari? Yeah, I just had my midichlorian count reevaluated watching these Star Wars movies today. See, I don't know what the fuck <laughs> I say right now. <laughs> Take a seat, young. He's talking about the microbiotics in our body that create life for us and through us. Yeah. Oh, so cells. Cells. <laughs> they literally sell. Literally sell. You but know how metaphors are, man. <laughs> exactly. Some niggas just got a really high cell count, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's... <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what it is. That's literally what it is. I like that. I like that. That's a fact. I'm about to get, get my midichlorian account reevaluated after we get done here. I got to watch um, that episode three. That's probably one of the best Star Wars movies, I, in my opinion. I mean, I've seen that one. I've seen the third one. And it was a phenomenal I, movie has seen a just, for, just for a standalone, you know, just for a, a movie itself. Forget, you know, all the other shit, but it was dope. I watched the second one with, uh, I think, you and Matt. And that was good, too. But very corny. The third one was just the least corny one. The old ones were all so corny. I know that's how movies were made back then, but it was they were just all corny. Listen, it's supposed to be a little corny, but we got a special one here. Uh, Mr. Mr. I'm gonna call you OG because I, you know, you Amari Greens. So I'm just gonna call you the OG. Can, Whatever can, you call me, man, it's my name. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for hopping in with us, my G. Um, you know, Denzel has been telling me um, that you guys have been having some very thought provoking conversations, and <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I always love to tap in, my man. I always love to tap in. I'm not gonna lie to you. You be you be saying that good shit on your on your Snapchat stories. If you get if y'all really want to get inspired, I'm telling you right now, follow my man's. What's your Twitter name? All right, on Twitter it's Omari Baruch. Baruch is my middle name. Okay, okay, okay. And that's how we get going. But I, uh, so you let um you know talk to me. Talk to you. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, today uh, I was, as I was leaving the, the gym, well, I was in the sauna. 
And, you know, I do my 30 minutes on a session. So, you know, I see some familiar faces. I said, let me indulge them. You know, ones that have tried to speak to me before, too. In the sauna? Excuse me. Yeah. I said, no, no. You, well, I see you talking in the sauna all the time. Don't act like that. I mean, if it's... I'm you know I don't do that. You know I don't do that. You know I don't have nigga, a conversation. If it's a random nigga, I'm not trying to chat it up. But if it's like a nigga that I know that I've seen outside someone we turn up with, then I got you got to have a conversation. I think it's the other way around. I think someone that you turn up with all the time knows your fucking shit. Like when I, when I go to the gym with you in Jersey and I'm in the sauna, I don't talk to you. Because I know So it's like No so it's like Oh I know when he's in the sauna He don't really want He don't want to talk But he will I'm I'm having the conversation To be polite It's all white people bro Like it's all old white dudes Like I'm just being polite So they're not scared You know Basically They're still gonna be scared Oh they still are Come on Um, But uh, Two There's two Old white men And they're having A debate over Christianity Christianity is the foundation of white privilege. Wow. 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 Now, I can't see me. I Y'all can't see I, me, but a couple of days ago, I felt some pressure and I put my cross back on. It's been three mm. days. My COVID's gone. Whoa. Whoa. Now, here's the thing there are one is a born again Christian. And he used to be a pastor. And the other dude is, I don't know where he stands necessarily, but based on his viewpoints and when I got involved, he's very, very atheist. So I get in there and there's another dude in there. Uh, he just like looks at me like, ooh, like this is getting tense. But to me, but to me, I can tell, oh, these two are just having a debate, right? They're not really getting in each other's, you know face or anything they're just having a debate and one of the guys is just a little more passionate when he speaks so um, i'm listening i'm listening one's like yo this that that bibles everything in the bible is true nothing in the bible is true i let them go on back and forth i'm like oh i'm gonna enjoy this i'm gonna take my headphones out let me just (laughs) so i'm listening boom after like 15 minutes of it i'm like okay i can interject now i'll go on a little five ten minute I'll go on a little five minute break before I get back into my like little, you know, meditation routine. I'm like, hey, listen, neither of this is, and this is my opinion. You guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but I go, neither of y'all are wrong. But at the end of the day, the answer is we don't fucking know. And he goes, well, what do you mean? Like, he's like, no, we do know. I go, what do we know? He's like, well, science, it, it proves things that are. I said, no, 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 no. Science just figures out what isn't true. Um, and he's like, well, if you go back, the Bible contradicts itself. I said, my man, if you put everything in science in a book from the beginning of recording scientific theories and what we thought were facts, if you put it in a book, it will also contradict itself. And he's like, no, it won't I go? I, I didn't have an example for him at the time, but I'm here now. I'm like, think about Pluto. Pluto was a planet, right? A couple of years hey, ago. Pluto's still a planet. <laughs> the, the, I, like, I, like your, I like your example, but we, we don't bring no, well, but, but Yeah, but what science is saying is, no, now it's just a, it's a dwarf planet. It's a, just mm-hmm. a rock. Yeah, of course. 
Sure. You know, but to me, planets. if I can chime me, in here, if I can go ahead, here, jump in whenever you want. I have, well, one, I have an insecurity that I'm letting go of. I hate interrupting people. I understand that y'all are some fine young men. I cannot interrupt you when you speak. <laughs> I love this nigga, bro. I really do. I love you. Give too. me something, bro. I really love you both. And it's <laughs> it's blessed my life to see you healthy and prospering. That is something that I, I did not say out loud, but I, I'm sure we all felt. Yes. 100%. Appreciate you, fam. Same with you. Of course. I, I look at planets this way and the solar system this way. It's the cycle of life. Like everything else, you can see a trend. Mercury right now is closest to the sun. I call that the sun's most recent offspring. Perhaps Pluto was at one time that close to the sun. Who are we to say it wasn't? Um, who, who are we to say? Man. And that's basically why I brought this conversation up because that's what I tried to tell the homeboy. Like, who's to say we don't have, we only have so much of history recorded, which is, you know, history is told by niggas. Yeah. That's all skewed because, all skewed. because whoever wrote it gets to decide yeah. what it was. Whoever the first nigga decided to pick up a pen was and write down that, record that first moment of history, which is probably lost in, in all honesty. Is the deciding factor. And, right. then, and bef- go ahead. I was traumatized from my past, so I started journaling. Now I'm a poet. You never know where your life will take you when you take control. But you got to let that shit go. I got to let what go? I'm speaking in the second person. To any second person, like when I say you, oh. I mean me, I mean you, I yeah, mean second right. person, people have to let go of power, people have to let go of control, people have to let go of the past, of history. That's really what history is. It's a way of digesting what our ancestors lived through. Perhaps. <laughs> I've really started to have very interesting thoughts about the past. And I've started to conclude bro that it don't even actually exist i look what's at it the, this way, what's like, the flat circle theory flat circle. Like, yeah like there's the flat circle so everything is happening at once there's no past there's no present there's no future like you know there's only the present right it's all happening there's no past there's no future and it's like you're from like the fourth dimension looking at like everything happening at once is like a flat circle Hmm. Yeah. So I know that I know that uh, your shadow is two dimensional, right? Mm-hmm. And then we're three dim- we're three dimensional. Now, when you look, when you're in the higher dimension, the 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 prior dimension is you know in terms of basically so in terms of what we see as the second dimension the second dimension only knows itself only knows second dimension so the shadow only knows itself it doesn't know that it's two dimensional just knows it is a shadow nigga so then if we're third dimensional right we are third dimensional but there could be a version of us in the fourth dimension that we don't even know because all we know oh, we know that we're the shadow. We're the shadow of the fourth dimensional version. We know what dimension we're in. 
but that's all we know. Yeah, and we're, and we're privy to other dimensions. The other day I was in New York walking around, man. I swear to you, I was waiting for my bus. I looked around. Other people had shadows and I didn't have one. And this was, this was a very temporary, you know, it was a one-time thing. I'm not right. saying I do not have a shadow. I'm looking at my shadow right now. Okay, I'm just I'm checking, on, <laughs> but, you. I'm checking on you. But, no, I'm telling you, uh, I think it depends on the frequency at which you relate to light, the frequency on which you vibrate, right? I need to do some explaining here. Uh-oh, um, here we go. So I look at light this way, right? Light is the source of life. It comes from the sun. We are beings of life. We are beings of light. You know, the sun is, is plasma, a state of matter that science has yet to really define. They tell us that plasma is part of our blood too. The lighter, more clear colored part of our blood is called plasma, something we learned in biology class. So... As a writer, I relate plasma to the source of life. You know how Justin Bieber has that song, I get my life right from the source, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the way I, I look at plasma. But my way of understanding it comes with a purpose. I believe that all life is balance. All life is what? Balance, balance. Balance, yeah. The goal in life, right? It's like when mm -hmm. you say you found your flow, when you say you found your... Your momentum. Rhythm. You just got to find balance. Balance. Mm -hmm. Someone say in the zone. Plasma. Yeah. When I think of plasma, I think of, I associate it with balance, the source, the sun, nature, really anything associated, associatable with balance. Mm -hmm. Like the foundation of matter. Wes, I think we got to take a step back right now because my, see, this is why I like talking to this nigga because my, I, I don't know if you the same way as me, but my, like my brain is just firing so many questions, so many ideas. Let's talk about something a little more lighthearted first. Okay, go ahead. Let's think about something. You got anything, anything you've seen in, in the media as of late? Well, actually, I know, I know, I know Amari's going to come with this energy the whole time, no matter what. Nah, so, that's not the fact. That's not the fact. I'll let you know this. I, I remember what you said before we got on, and I did check out your last episode. I only made it through maybe 30 minutes, but I know you were talking to that girl, quote-unquote Daphne. Miles catches breath. Yes, I'm crying. I'm crying. I'm crying. That, was, that, well, that, that that's a moment I'll take with me forever, bro. That was hilarious. <laughs> but I, you know, I've been. I feel like that's the best place for us to kind of pick up here. If you want to talk about something lighthearted, because. See, I, I could tell from the vibrations of that conversation. It wasn't that lighthearted of a conversation for y'all. 
to be having because there was a lot of fear in the room. Ooh, hmm. which which conversation? Yeah. The conversation with uh yeah, with I know Evan, exactly because there was a lot of you know a lot of unease. Are you talking about when she said I was mean or a bully or something? Jerk. Yes. Ah, that yes. word right there. So as a Jamaican man, I'm born that way. <laughs> this is my nature, right? Mm-hmm. We eat jerk chicken. We can't mm-hmm. digest it if we're not a jerk. Holy holy hogs. So I'm, oh I'm watching this and I'm understanding like what she means when she calls you a jerk. <laughs> you know, and right. it's like what do you think she meant by that? I will put it straight. I think that on some level, she desired your attention in a way that she couldn't have it. That's it. Truly. That's it. And I I don't, I don't even mean, I don't even mean it in like a sexual sense. I don't mean that she wanted to hook up with me or anything. Yeah. I think people consider, uh, a lot of people consider me a jerk because I don't do this. I don't do that small talk shit. I don't do any of those things because I like to be genuine. And if I genuinely don't want to talk to you, we're not going to have a conversation. See, this is why I have not had the ability to lose respect for either of the people in this chat. If I can lose respect for somebody, that person is not genuine. And and I I feel like just kind of coming back to that, like that small talk that you won't engage in Denzel. Cause you know me, like I'll engage in small talk with a stranger, you know, like saying like, it doesn't matter. Oh, I will too. If they, if, if they bring up something interesting or if I, I wouldn't say it's small talk. I'm saying I will talk to a stranger. No problem. Okay. The okay. other day, okay. you know, okay. the other day I'm walking down the street. I thought you, and I how in, I interpreted in Maine. You. Hold up. The other day I see in Maine, he's wearing a sweatshirt with the Akatsuki symbols on it. I walk up to the dude, I go, bro, you're not going to wear that shirt out and think a fan ain't going to come up to you and talk to you. Facts. Bro, Such we start talking for an hour. Mm-hmm. I was straight, never met this guy. Don't know who he is. I'm in Maine. I'm in the middle of nowhere, Maine. Like, I'm never going to see that guy again. But we have a full hour conversation because I felt the need. I wanted to speak to him. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And if someone says something to me that makes me want to speak to them, then I will talk. But don't... You know, What's the weather? Or oh, what are you, like, what are you doing this yeah. weekend? Yeah, I, will, yeah, I will right. play along. Yeah. I will play along and answer mm-hmm. your question because if I if I feel comfortable telling you what I'm doing that weekend, mm-hmm. I will tell you, right? But if you're just doing that, and there's a certain energy you get, you can tell when someone is just trying to speak to clear dead air. I'm not gonna condone because I'm very comfortable in silence. I was going to say, so just to take it back to let you know where I was coming from, I thought that initially, but thank you for clearing that, that you were saying that you won't even engage in that conversation because you weren't giving, you won't, you're not going to give someone the chance like to understand like they're genuine or not. No, it's not that's a wall. Yeah. Cause that's what, that's, 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 that's initially how I, how I enjoy. I'm just going to let you know. That's but 100%. now I want you to understand too, is that if from my, uh, from my favorite movie of all time, I don't know if it's my favorite movie of all time, but for the sake of this conversation, it's my favorite movie of all time. Definitely top five um, outside of Parent Trap, but he, that's near the end over there. I'm about to drink to that, man. Come on. Yes, sir. But what I was saying, though, is that from my, one of my favorite movies, Pulp Fiction, 
when they're sitting in that diner is John Travolta um, sitting across from, um, I can't forget her name, um, Uma Thurman. The, mm-hmm. the actress Uma Thurman. And you know that that's how I really like that movie, Zell, because I don't remember no act, uh, actor actress's names. You know that about me. Um they're sitting across from each other, and I and I actually have to show it on there. It's like you know that um you found someone or you're comfortable with someone when you can just sit there and shut the fuck up and enjoy a long moment of silence. Yeah, facts. And if I, and you're not I heard comfortable in silence, then like <laughs> there's mm-hmm. something there's something wrong. Like there might be something there's something you gotta figure out about yourself. If you just can't yeah, sit in silence, you always have to have like chirp or something. Yeah, it's uh it's yeah, they're uncomfortable. Um and it's you know, I have one of my friends from you know, one of my New Hampshire hillbillies. He and I can talk for days. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he always tells me after we hang out and you know, if we hang out for like two days or whatever, if I'm up there, you know, at the in Portsmouth or whatever, I'll be like, bro, I love the fact that we, me, you and me can like just hang out and not do anything and not say anything for hours and just chill. I'm like, I never really thought about it, but I was like, after he said it, like the second time I was like, oh yeah, that is true. Because a lot of people, when they're hanging out with their quote unquote friends, they have to be doing something. Oh, what are we doing? Are we going to be doing this? Are we going to be doing that? That's not my vibe. I love to do things, but I'm good chilling. I love chilling. Chilling is amazing. You know what I'm saying? But I can hear exactly where you're at. But that that word comfortable, though, you know, maybe they're not comfortable just sitting down and chilling. Maybe their their comfortability is being on the go. Like, we know people like that. Like, for instance... Our boy Cash, and they can't sit down. Yeah, he'll chill, can't sit down. But being, cu- but he'll also can, you know, you can have silence with him. But if he's out doing some shit, mm-hmm. you know, so it all comes back to like what's comfortable to you, I guess, and what is right. Well, Amara, you, I, I kind of, I feel like this, this man got. Yeah. You know, what, what is that? You hear that word comfortable. So you guys are talking about comfortability and silence. And <clears throat> I feel that silence is achieved when there's balance. Somebody like who can maintain balance by simply being, simply being, simply whatever. Somebody who can maintain balance on a physical and metaphysical level that's somebody I can vibe with because that's what the human body desires. That's what homeostasis is, whatever you want to call it. It comes back to balance. If the human body lacks balance, that's when it feels the need to seek out whatever it equates to balance. Yeah. That, <clears throat> and and kind of going off that, <clears throat> I, I think that's what it is. It's it, they, people love to say, Oh, awkward. Like, you know, when there's a silence, but it's, it's more like fear. It's like an awkward silence. I always say that I'm like, dude, awkward silences don't exist. And nothing is awkward until you feel it's awkward. Exactly. And so you put it like a a weird energy out that as Amari said, you know, it's not that balanced. You feel unbalanced. So that's your body, your homeostasis acting a certain way that's making you, you or the other person feel uncomfortable. 
Oh yeah, someone who can't really sit in silence with someone they don't even know or anything like that, someone they do know. I think it's a fear and their body's reacting by speaking. Mm-hmm. So I, I learned this recently, um, and this will probably end up something I, I dive more into and I do more research on like the health stuff, right, Miles? Mm-hmm. But it's this thing called the dopamine reward system. And I love bringing this up because we're talking about balance right now. So basically what happens is if there's a line, right? And this is balance, right? This is your body balanced. And dopamine is up here. Um, Whatever you feel when you're sad or depressed is down here. I can't remember what the name of the chemical is. But so when... It goes when your body does something that makes it go down, right? Into the depressive state, it wants to push and release dopamine. Okay. So anytime it's stressed out, it's going to go down here and it's going to go back up. Example working out, being in a sauna, being in uncomfortable situations, you know, trying something new that you're that you're scared of. Those things will actually, because you're 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 starting here and you're going down, your body's gonna force it up. That's why you feel great after you go to the gym. That's why you're happy, excited, ecstatic. Now, in reverse, if let's say you want to pig out, you're gonna go get your favorite snack. You know you shouldn't need it, but you're gonna get it anyways. When you're eating it, it's gonna push the dopamine, right? Now, right after. So now your body is releasing more of that depressive molecule, which is why you have to start eating. That's like, damn, I'm going to finish it. Because every time you start to get hungry again, <clears throat> that's your body starting to go down. And to keep it up, to keep it at that, that line, you keep eating in order to keep yourself mm-hmm. baseline. Mm-hmm. So... That's called the dopamine like reward system. Now, the last thing I have to say about that is back in the day when they used to like cut head, like cut uh, like skulls off, right? To like yeah. to, they used to test like the brain and they would just look at it and poke at it, right? Yeah. Um, when they would do those tests, they'd poke all around and you know they'd make someone feel happy, uh, sad, all these different things. The area that the people liked getting touched the most was slight agitation. So they don't know that, right? They're just touching around the brain like, okay, which parts do you like? You're like, oh, keep touching that spot. The spot that the majority of people liked getting poked the most to get that sensation was slight agitation. And they relate that back to the dopamine uh, response of when you're slightly agitating, doing something that's a little bit tough, a little bit challenging, your body has to balance it out. So what does it do? It releases the happy drug that's in your body, dopamine. So I have one thing that I must uh, and should interject about. You said the happy drug is dopamine. Dopamine is the pleasure drug. The happy drug is serotonin. You're right. You're right. I, I wasn't specific, but you're right. Um, and that, and that, yo, that made me actually think about something kind of strange. It made me start thinking about, 
Um, why niggas love to chase bitches? <laughs> Dopamine, man. Because, because, right? Because what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Right? Think about this. Think about this. And this is why. This is why we have. This is why sometimes. Because I, ne- I don't have it every time. I'm mm-hmm. fucking a new chick. It's the what the post nut clarity. I don't. Yeah. Necessarily always get that. Mm-hmm. Right. I think the times I've gotten it is when it was too easy. Yes. To back. So my body's actually not even going down into that, you know, oh, mm-hmm. this is challenging. This is something new. This is something hard, like a little bit challenging for me. It's just going here. So to level back out, it goes, boom, it shoots it down because dopamine's going way up. Right when I nut, bro, dopamine's going crazy up. Boom. So it goes, so it has to push it back down quickly. Mm-hmm. Boom. Post-nut clarity. That's what that is, in my opinion. Whereas in reverse, when you're chasing, chasing. and you're not sure you're going to bag, you're like, is this going to happen? Is she going to let me smash? Mm-hmm. And she does. Yes. You're like, you're going down here and then you get excited, but your body's already pushing it upwards mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, this guy's, something's challenging. Something's hard. He had to work for this. We had to work to get to this pleasure. So it's like a double boost. Mm-hmm. That's where you get the serotonin and the dopamine release. And then you get nice nut nut. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, you can stay under the crab space. Yeah, both of the nuts. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, you can stay over. Okay. Yeah, right. That's when you yeah, like, right? I, oh no! Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! You're right. There's a clear difference. There's a clear difference, yo. There's I was that's why, that's why the body, the body is asking questions. The other ones, the body got all the answers. <laughs> and I think that's also why when you people like to jack off right before they go to sleep because it's bringing them into that depressive state, which is easier to fall asleep. That's kind of sad to think about. Yeah, it is kind of sad to think about. But I, I have to input this. I've had, I've one, I've stopped masturbating. The second thing, I've had a difference in my perspective on it. Masturbating to porn, I feel like that's that that too easy feeling you were talking about. That's the type of what it gives you. Masturbating to something that's not porn. Like, I used to always wonder, why do people always talk about, like, masturbating to, like, like, Good Health magazine? Like, you know, like... like, Okay. We're still talking about... I understand. Because you know what it is? It's like, if if you can organize yourself sexually in a way where your sexual energies are not dependent on all things that you grew up to believe were filthy or dirty or improper like Mm -hmm. pornography has all these stigmas right yeah Mm -hmm. if you yeah facts Uh has to be the things that are like portrayed more as classy then after you nut you're not gonna feel shame you're gonna feel satisfaction boom Hmm. can i get an example of something that's so I remember watching classy. Like, I remember watching like like Family Guy or some show, some 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 like cartoony show, right? And I wasn't masturbating to it, but they said in the 
they said in the show, I saw that <laughs> they said in the show <laughs> that well, it's still there. I'm still, I don't know where you, yeah, going. I know, I know. I'm just letting you know, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Niggas be saying, hey, niggas be saying shit. Who am I to say? Who am I to say? Nah, yo. All right, nah. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna let you save yourself, yo, man. He said in the show, like one of the characters was masturbating to like a a good a good housekeeping. That was it. Good housekeeping. I was I was wondering to myself how. <laughs> like, how do you get turned on by that? But then it's like good for you, because if good housekeeping turns you on that much, where you can nut, how do you even feel shame after that? It's like you. It takes some work. <laughs> that's like chasing a heart to get and you just get it <laughs> like, yeah yeah that's true not easy. It <laughs> I, yo that is not yo you, you had us you had us in the first half i ain't gonna hold you <laughs> yeah you had me in the first half that one's a little challenging but speaking of pornography so we can all agree that Majority men watch pornography, right? Uh, yeah, but every that. woman I've been with, every woman I've dated, not everyone I've been with, every woman I've dated has watched pornography. Yes, I would say that the average male watches it more. Mm-hmm. Let's just let's yeah. keep it stack here. Let's, yeah, um, and and that's because you know, as as dudes. If if we're like, damn, I'm about to smash this chick. Maybe I should, you know, what is it? Wank, wank one off. Wank one. Let's go have a wank. Right. I, I've never been that guy, but I've I hear that that's a common thing. I hear it in movies all the time. People tell me about it, so I assume niggas do that. Um, you know, girls if they want to have sex, they just go and do it. There's no, it's easy for them, right? Yeah. Now, based on that, would you say that? Instagram is female pornography. Wow. That a woman can come. Think about it. Yes. I'm not saying no, I'm not saying anything. (laughs) I'm not even saying like a master. I'm saying the mental effects. The mental effects of Instagram. Yeah, I was just about virtually to say virtually the same of right. the mental effects of men watching pornography. Yes, virtually the same. In the yeah. sense of they're getting an arousal, you know, from a multitude of things, right? Their number of followers that they have, yeah. the number of likes they get on a post, the number of comments they get on a post. This is we're not we're just talking about posts right now. Mm-hmm. Right, the amount of DM slides they might get, just DM slides, the amount of reactions they get to a story. Think about how deep that goes into the psyche. It's all based around likes and all based around the attention that they want. Anyway. It's based on attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then not only that, like them commenting on other people's things and getting likes. Yeah. I think it, it boils down to this, right? Oh, okay. Me. We'll say me, right? I'm horny. Mm-hmm. There's no one to fuck right now. I'm going to go jack off. Now, females. 
I need attention. No one's giving me attention. Well, here I go. Click, click, click. Just like me. Click, click, click. Boom. Click, click, click. Boom. There's chat. Boom. Jim Pig. Virtually the same thing now. Jim Pig. Dopamine, 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 dopamine. It just, and then boom, it's gone. It's gone right now. Like we just, we talked about that balance that your brain does. Boom, it's gone right after. Then, oh, why did I post that? I let me take it down. What? Why did I entertain this DM? Let me block. Why do we block? Let me block him. Why? Why did I even answer that? Mm. I'm gonna say this one more time, man. So it doesn't overlap. Creating moments instead of creating life, and that is a disease. It's called depression. Mm. Wow. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Wow. I'm I'm gonna have to write, I'm gonna have to listen back to this and write that on my big board because that is some shit of mine. Because every because everyone's telling because that's crazy. Because now you know what? Motherfuckers are telling you always live in the moment. Live in the moment. I got a whole life full of them. <laughs> like, right? Why? Yeah. Why? Why? But no, but live in the moment. You're I think you're misconstruing uh, what that means. And live in the moment just means be present. That's true. Fact. Whereas what he's saying is trying creating to create moments something that's, means that yeah. means that a moment you're like you're waiting for next week because Fact. next week you get to go out with all your friends. Mm-hmm. And then you go out and then the follow you take all your pictures and then the following week you have nothing to look forward to. So all you're thinking about is how last week you got to go out with your friends. That's a moment, mm-hmm. you know. Definitely. Mm-hmm. You could even change you could even interchange to say because. I understand that we're some, you know, we're some very straightforward people. However, I don't know your audience, but when I was doing Miles school, ain't straightforward, bro. Oh, okay. Ah. <laughs> I mean, I, if we have different ways of understanding people, I I I understand Miles is a straightforward person from a different perspective, but I I understand what you're talking about. I know what you mean. I think you yeah. can still decipher what Miles is saying, but straightforward is very blunt and and to the like to the point. Like there's no confusion. There's no you know things left out. I, we don't have it's to get into that. Words. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I me I could go both ways. I'm a poet, man. So like mincing of words is part of my craft. I feel like I'm creating a a truth. I'm creating reality when I mince my words. Mm-hmm. However, for some people, it's like when I mince my words, I'm creating falsehood. So, you know, it, it depends on the person. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a falsehood thing, but I, I hear what you're saying. It could be <clears throat> perceived either way. I, it could Facts. be perceived either way. Facts. So, yeah. I thought you were going to say something before we kind of, I said my is it's in straightforward. Yeah, I mean that's all good. It's, yeah, it is what it is. But the way I look at, I, I, I'm losing what the thought I had before. But I feel like <laughs> it was around moments. <laughs> it was around, yeah, it was around moments, and yeah, I was just gonna say you can you can kind of uh, replace moments with memories, making memories. Because when you look at it like making memories, it's like then you're living in the past. Mm. Mm. Okay, let me let me think about this one a little bit because I think memories, which we said past doesn't exist, right? 
Well, I said that past doesn't exist, but memories, I, I see memories as more of a positive thing. Um, yeah. But that's that's because the connotation on the word memories, right? Because now the word trauma basically means negative memories. Pretty much. Uh, Uh, my cousin gave me this book that I've been reading recently. Haven't finished it, but I will. Uh, it's called The Body Keeps the Score. And it's a book about trauma and the the way trauma heals, written by a PhD in the psychology field. I uh, Let me grab the book real quick. I want to read you the author's name for the full effect. Wes, what do you think about that? M- uh, memories means you're living in the past. I mean, but that is, you know, if you're always going back to the memory and really if you're always memory, going back. Yeah, but I mean, what's what's always going back is all you know, you could go back, think about a memory you had, <clears throat> like who's putting the max on that time of memory, and then to say you're always going back. If I think about something that I did last week with the boys at a brunch, you know what I'm saying? For like in a duration of a year, maybe like five, six times, is that Is that excessive? Does that mean I'm always living in that moment? So then I have a question for you then, Mm because... Going back and thinking like, oh man, that was fucking fun. I hear you, I hear you, but... Mm -hmm. Are you, is he saying, well, we'll hear from him, but it sounds like he's almost saying memories are a little different than that, right? He's kind of saying anything, any type of memories, you being in the past. So it's almost like me knowing you, me seeing you, and having a bigger smile than when I meet someone new. Because I know you, I know what we're either going to get into or what we've already been through, right? Being like, oh, it's my, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So basically me knowing your character based off of what memories Am I supposed to see you every time and act as if I've never met you? Is that right? Because then, because you know what I'm saying? We're always in the memories. Everyone you meet that becomes your friend that you know well, it's based off of what? Memories. Yeah. So I look at a memory. I'm a personal trainer, man. I look at a a memory as a tissue that exists on my body. Um, However, I look at it this way, like, if you're making memories, you can perceive it in different ways. You could perceive it as somebody living in the past because they're going with the intention of creating a moment that they will not forget about. But I don't think that forgetting is a natural thing in human behavior. I don't think it's a natural thing. It's not. I, I think people forget on purpose to hide trauma. Mm, that's a fact. So this book is called The Body Keeps the Score. It says uh, on the cover, Brain, Mind, and Body in the Healing of Trauma. It's by uh, Bessel van der Kolk, MD. And it's described as a masterpiece that combines the boundless curiosity of the scientist, the erudition of the scholar, and the passion of the truth teller. Quoted by Judith Herman. MD. So, so I would, <clears throat> I would also say this: if you're not focused on what you're doing, right, on the actual thing you're doing, then you can forget. Also, right, it's that whole you can't multitask type of thing. If you're trying to do two things at once, you're not really doing two things at once. You're just doing two things poorly. Yeah, you're doing. You're literally accomplishing nothing if you multitask. 
Yeah. So that's another that's another place where pe- people can forget, you know. So you know, if I'm out and someone is telling me a story about something, and I'm you know looking at a girl across the street, like that's not me forgetting because I'm trying to you know you know hide trauma from the story. It's more of me just not being focused or being that's in the moment, being distracted, losing traction. Distraction, yes, that's well said. But when I say memories, I I mean, uh, you can define a moment as a memory, but some moments don't become memories. Some moments become trauma. Sure. It can really go either way, depending on... I think think it's more than just either way, though, man. I think there's a big vat of just stuff. Yeah. And this could be for me because I'm a little, you know, I got thick skin, but like there's a lot of things that happen to me that are just things that have happened. They're not like necessarily because obviously by the definition, yes, they're memories, right? Because I remember them, but they're just things. Give me and this. Like, for, and, and I'm sorry, <clears throat> sorry to cut you off, but uh-huh. as a nigga, you know, because oh, we're all black men, you know, we've dealt with some type of trauma in our life. <clears throat> I feel like to go to feed off what you're saying is just things, just bad things that happen. It's not trauma, but it's a moment, right? And much as to what uh, Mr. OG Amari is saying is that, you know, there's this also moments that don't become memories. I think that when you have trauma, right? Like you have trauma and you come to terms with that and you make peace with it, right? Now that just becomes a moment. And it's a thing that's just a moment that doesn't stick with you, not as a memory. Because where does that trauma, like, you know, how do you deal with trauma? Because what happens, like, is, is trauma still trauma after you come to terms with it and are truly at peace with it? You can't constitute that as trauma anymore. Because it, would, it, it wouldn't be. Well, people still would. I think they would people still, still people still would. I'm not talking. Well, I'm, say, I'm saying like a, a doctor, I'm saying like a psychologist would still view it as talking about the 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 psychologist is not coming to terms with the trauma with your trauma they have their own trauma to deal with hold up i'm saying hold up what i'm saying is that if you are going to a therapist Mm -hmm. and and you tell them about your trauma and after it happens you get over it Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. are they still going to call even though they're aware that you're over it now what are they going to call it I'm saying. I'm saying they're probably still going to consider it a traumatic event that happened to you that you got over. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm agreeing with you. I yeah, think yeah, it yes. just becomes yeah, either, goes, it either yeah. goes to the vat or you really get over it so much that it actually becomes a memory, becomes something funny because it's such a part of you that now it's not going to, it probably won't stay in that middle ground of indifference. It'll probably go to the other side, yeah. realistically, because that's just how think, that's just how it is. No. <laughs> you know, most of those things probably don't go to the middle of that. They probably flip completely. And it's something you laugh at and you're like, wow, that that made me who I am. Mm. It reminds me of veterans. A lot of veterans went to Vietnam. A lot of veterans went to the most recent war over in Iraq, went to a lot of veterans. You know, they've been through even World War Two and are still alive. But, and I don't know if I could really talk about veterans in Ukraine, but that we got to mention that it's a current war going on. So 
you know, speaking of trauma, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible how the body detects a scar and scars can be physical, but we feel the scars through our emotions. That's what we call an emotional scar, trauma. You know what's very interesting about that? As I was coming, I don't know, I was thinking about it today. What do they always say when you get a cut, though, and you don't notice you had a cut, and then you see it? Well, the cut on my right hand right now that I got earlier today that I didn't notice myself getting. Didn't hurt. It didn't hurt. Until you saw it. It didn't. And it still doesn't hurt. I will say this one still doesn't hurt. Okay, but uh, overall, right? It, it, that, that's uh, always someone asks. percent Zell. Someone. I, I, it's a very common thing that it's, it's happened to me. More, more times, times, more times than none. It's did right. it, uh, Are you okay? Still yeah, the so same. Se- still the same connotation, right? It's a right. prime that you know you you got injured. But it, it's 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 a little deeper than that, right? I'm saying. Well, I hear I you. This, I'm just saying. Yeah, I have this cut right here on my hand. I have a cut right here on my hand. I didn't notice it when I got it. When I it was when I was uh, painting, um, painting some shit. It was like a, and I was like removing rust from like an exit, right? Like a fire exit. I must have got it then. I don't know when I got it, but I didn't feel it. Until I know, until I looked and saw it, mm-hmm. and I knew it was a cut. Time ago. Similarly, similarly, if if you see little kids all the time, right? And I always do this with my niece. I make sure to to laugh or smile whenever she falls, because what is very common is that she falls. People you go run to. Yeah, you run oh to my her. God! Are you okay? And then the tears begin. Mm-hmm. And then they, 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 they fall. They're like, whoa, what was that? They look up and they see everyone's reaction around them before they react. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, sorry, what was that, Amar? No, no, I don't want to cut off. Okay. Uh, this is the last part. And then I want to hear Chip say. So I'm thinking, sometimes you go through shit and you, you don't think it's traumatic until... Someone until you you learn or someone tells you well, that's a traumatic experience. That's a problem. I think I think that's a huge problem in society. Huge. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. Well, you get from the healing process. It defines the healing process, and that's that right there is something I was about to bring up. It's a something that actually just came back to me as as Denzel was talking. Because when I was a child, my mom used to always tell me, and my teachers used to always tell me that they were surprised at how when I would fall or get cuts, like my brother and I, we grew up scrappy. You know, we grew up as young Jamaican kids in America. We would run around, play outside with our bare feet. Our best friend was was a young Indian kid, also played outside in his bare feet. You know, like we would get cuts, we would scrap, we would like, you know, wrestle with each other, fight with each other not like fight, fight, but like play fighting mm-hmm. was a normal thing. People getting hurt was funny. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, uh, fuck all the like shit too, by the way. But don't even worry about that. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead. But really it's, 
until a certain age, I didn't cry when I got hurt. I didn't see it as a bad thing. I noticed when I was in, I went to, uh, to lower school, we called it, but elementary school in, a, in Saddle River. And this is a, a very predominantly white, very wealthy neighborhood. The school was right across the street from Reverend Run's house. Oh, wow. Whose house? Run. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, yo, somebody, somebody go take care of that kid. Uh, what's the youngest one's name? Russ? Is that his name? I think, yeah, it might be Russ or something. The little one? That one, that one, that nigga. If I've ever seen an awkward nigga before, it's him. <laughs> I mean, growing up in that neighborhood, I don't blame him. <laughs> right. Nice. Right. Let us know. Let us know, Mark. I I went to that school and I didn't cry when I got hurt, right? At, when I was a kid. And they, my teachers and everybody, my PE teacher even, my PE teacher was actually the one who kind of set me on the right path and I'm grateful for it because I'm now remembering it as it comes back to me. But I would never cry when I got hurt and I would see the other kids get hurt and they would cry, they would get all this attention. As human beings, as mammals, we crave attention. We do. We crave attention that benefits us for our personal differences, our, our hopes and dreams. We all crave attention of some sort. We love love. That's the craving for attention. Mm-hmm. So I saw that as a kid and I was like, maybe I'm supposed to cry when I get hurt. That's exactly what you were saying. Mm-hmm. That's are the impact. No, nigga. <laughs> That's the impact. That's what That's I'm the saying, impact. bro. That's what like I'm chimpanzees, saying. Chimpanzees, right? I have to bring this up. I watch a lot of nature TV. Me too. Love that shit. Oh, I, I got to ask myself. you about a cheetah in a minute. Uh, cheetah. Oh, <laughs> I tell oh, myself. That's a great they used way to, to tell me. They used to tell me I ran like a cheetah when I was a kid. But You ran on all fours, nigga? Nah, nigga. <laughs> so <laughs> I was running like a cheetah, dog. Then I ran like a cheetah. But, but listen, listen. I tell myself now, chimpanzees are my ancestors. I don't share 98% of my DNA with chimpanzees. I share 100% of my DNA with chimpanzees. Oh, okay. So you a monkey. I'm a monkey, nigga, huh? I'm a monkey. And I'm a proud monkey, right? Hey, yo. Shout out to Kendrick with the album dropping soon. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yo, so... Morale and the big steppers. Bro, I you, was going to say that. Are you done yet, though, on, on that? No, nah, not yet. Not keep yet. Going, oh, go keep ahead. Going. Sorry. Yeah, keep going. I got to keep this nigga Zell in check, as you see. Go ahead, fam. It's all right. Like he's, to a, to. he's a balancing act, you know? This nigga fucked up. I'm sorry. This nigga like to go, this nigga like to go all you rants. Need and I gotta nigga, you like need to, me. I look at this nigga. I got like, my hip back in, you know? I'm good. <laughs> all right, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hey, you, you done heard it <laughs> yeah, we good man we good. so I started crying when I saw the other white kids doing it I was like maybe that's what I'm supposed to do mm-hmm. and this is the sad part about not growing up around many of your own your own culture I'm not gonna say my own people because we're all one people mm-hmm. but your mm-hmm. own culture mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the cultures tend to tie and twist and that's what happens to the body as it grows. It ties and it twists. And that's as sad as it sounds, but also as true as it sounds and as literal as it sounds. Mm-hmm. So when I said I got my hip back in, I mean my hip popped into place. That's how trauma heals. 
you understand how me getting this out of my system popped my hip back into place. From what I'm saying, do you understand what I'm saying? You're saying you crying got your hip back into place? No, I'm saying me coming to fruition right now. Oh, understanding. that when you're hurt, you don't cry. Yeah. You're thankful. Mm-hmm. Popped my fucking hip back into place. Because it means you can feel, my nigga. It means you're still fucking there. It you're real. We are here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I'll tell you something real quick. I was going to say, um, someone asked Sorry, me, was. someone asked me, when's the last time you cried? Like, for real cried. And I was like, I had to really think about it. And I said, this might not even be accurate, but maybe like four or five years ago. And they were like, damn. Like, I was expecting you to stay longer, but like, that that's that's a problem. Why is it? And then I thought, I was like, I that's, that's the, this is that whole toxic masculinity bullshit type shit. I was like, why is that a problem that I haven't cried in maybe longer than four years? Maybe life's been great for the last four or five years. <laughs> maybe everything's yo, 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 yo. Maybe, maybe, maybe my fucking great great grandmother came back from the dead and I have no re like I'm just happy every day that I get to talk to her and see her. Like, what are you telling me? It's wrong. It's like it's a problem if I haven't cried if I now I'll tell you anything that's personal for me, I haven't cried in a long time. I couldn't even tell you. Mm-hmm. But I will say I cried when I watched um there was when I first started watching my hero academia, bro. There's a when the fucking what no when Bakugo when Bakugo Bakugo gets saved, something there. It wasn't even when I was watching it either. It was when mm-hmm. I was thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing too. For me, a lot of things that are really funny and that are really sad aren't really funny or sad in the moment. Mm-mm. It's after that's the moment. Right. It's always that so you digest it, you think about it a little bit longer, you know, you're, it's in your head. And you break it down, you're mm-hmm. breaking it down. And that's like a problem with people getting too inside their heads. But <clears throat> back to what Amari said, Amari, um, when I was a little kid, you know, my parents, whenever I would get hurt, they would, you know, yell and be like, see, I told you you're going to get hurt. And people were like, oh, are you okay? So when I was a little kid, I used to cry a lot. Now, I'll tell you a life-changing moment that I always laugh about now. I was playing like, you know, Mortal Kombat or Dragon Ball Z at one of my cousin's houses. They were all like older than us. And I jump into a wall. My foot gets stuck in the wall and my little ass body dangles down, uh, break my ankle. So so, uh, my parents, you know, my dad carries me into the car I don't really do anything for the rest of the weekend. Monday comes, I have to go to school. And I'm telling my mom, yo, I can't really walk on this thing. She's like, I don't care. You're going to school. Stop complaining, right? And so, you know, we're black. We got to do what my mom says. Otherwise, you got a whole lot of pain on that ass. So I'm getting ready for school. It's everything's taking me extra long. I literally can't put any weight on my on my foot. It's not until we had a long ass porch at this point. I'm trying to get down the porch steps, right? And mind you, I'm I 
I, at this time I was, you know, making breakfast for me, my sister and my little brothers. Like I'm waking up three hours before school to get everything I need to do, get done before we go to school. <clears throat> it's not till we're walking down the steps to leave. And she's seen how long it's taken me that she's like, okay, I don't, she says, I don't want you to bother your teacher today. So we'll go to the hospital. Right now, if I tell that story, a lot of people are going to say, bro, bro, that's trauma. No, to me, it's a hilarious memory because, and it's a huge part of me because as I got older, I realized like you can deal with pain. If she did what I think most white parents would have done, which is right after I, I hurt my ankle like that and I'm not walking, they're taking me to the hospital instantly. I would have been like, this is how it has to be. But Mm -hmm. that moment taught me that, yo, although it hurts, it's not going to kill you, bro. Think about it. So when it came time for high school football, Mm -hmm. you know, and I pull my MCL and I'm hurt, I'm seeing kids that are saying they're hurt. They're not hurt. Their arm hurts right now, but they're Mm -hmm. not hurt. They're not injured and they're sitting out and they're losing playing time. You're like a sophomore year. I'm like, yo, you're not really hurt, bro. If you want to, if you want to play in this game, you got to just sack up. It's it's not going to kill you. And that's that moment in second grade taught me that. Mm-hmm. But someone would say it's trauma. You know, it's funny to relate to like the injury thing and just, <laughs> and you know, I got to bring it up. The great tibia fucking fracture. <clears throat> oh my God. Bro, listen. I have to, I have to interject. Um, consider this me pulling a friend into the conversation. My friend Isaiah mm-hmm. he played college football and he, he fractured his tibia. <laughs> Sorry for laughing. No, it's so good, but I understand why you left. But facts, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny as fuck. It's fucking sad, man. Yeah. But it is funny. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> but it's like but it's like one thing I always talk to him about it. I'm as a personal trainer coming up. Uh, he he came and he supported me in my old gym at, at uh, whatever the gym's name was, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And every time I asked him about it, we did some you know some some loosening and flexibility exercises and basically everything to maximize the circulation in that in that area specifically. Mm-hmm. And I would always ask him, how's the ankle? Like, how do you feel about it? He would always respond simply, it's never going to be the same, man. And I and I used to react the same way Miles just did. I would be, like, concerned, you know? But I was, mm-hmm. I'm realizing now that was his way of accepting it, of not only avoiding blocking the healing process, but also owning it and embracing up. it embracing it because i knew that that broken ankle to some is symbolic of his broken dreams yeah last time i saw him i asked him the same question he answered the same way it's never going to be the same but he also shared with me his current dream of him owning his own trucking business something that he's being well paid right now working for i believe another trucking business and i only say i believe because i don't know if he has already moved on to owning mm. his own trucking business. Mm. All I know is he will make it happen. 
this is a young man that I grew up with. This is a young man who always was the picture of confidence in this white neighborhood that we both live in, that we both grew up in. Always the picture of conviction, always the picture of cleanliness. He would always wear clean white tees to school, simple outfits, but he always looked good. Okay. Yeah, the white team fit is clean. It's it, it always is. Yeah. Timeless. Yeah. What were you going to say about your tibia was? I was going to say <clears throat> that <clears throat> just kind of going off what you're saying, you know, when I fractured my tibia, like I was letting that shit rock. How It was probably three or four days before I went to the hospital. And the only, re- and I didn't, you know what I'm saying? And that's much like, like your situation, Denzel, or is that when you were saying, you know, your mom, all right, I'll take you to the hospital. The only reason I went to the hospital was because Matt, a white nigga, came down the stairs and goes, you should go to the hospital for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, I was, I was doing rice, nigga. I thought, mm-hmm. you know, I was it. I was good off that. Then I went to the hospital and found out I had a fractured tibia and they had to put me in a cast. And you're like, oh, wow, that's pretty serious. Wow. Yeah. It, it, wow. Now I know that anytime that I'm in pain like that, I should go to the hospital immediately. <laughs> I mean, I'll put it this way. When you heal a wound with stress, it creates trauma. When you heal a wound with stress, it creates trauma. Trauma is twice. Trauma is scar tissue. Trauma is scar tissue. Mm-hmm. Right? So I've had two surgeries. Neither has healed yet. I've had two surgeries. Hmm. Surgery. Neither is healed yet, right? They are healing Mm -hmm. and they will heal. However, painkillers, casts, the medical process, the the way it works, the way it's maximum comfort, minimal pain. Mm hmm it creates a lot of trauma and it's not done on purpose unless it's done for profit because treatment is more profitable, but let's say it's not done on purpose. It's not done on purpose, but it is doing damage. It mm-hmm. is. I'm going to, I can't, you know, cause I'm a nurse. I can't completely let you just, yeah, I mean, scrutinize healthcare because even though I scrutinize it a lot too, West knows, West knows, but caster okay, caster caster okay, caster okay. Casts I agree with. Casts are setting the setting the healing process in motion, right? Yeah, you're talking more about the medication and you know I'm the things that aren't natural, the painkillers specifically. Yeah, the kill the, the pain that yeah. kills the nerve yeah. to kill the pain is to kill the nerve. And then they tell you there's nerve damage. It'll take a long time to heal. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it, why, is there nerve, it. why is there nerve yeah. damage? Yeah. Percocet, no, my nigga. Because we, we Percocet. Molly Percocet. It's, it's, no. it's great represent. you just broke down that term. Not a representative. Mm. Chase a check. Just... Never chase a Ew, shout, out to, shout out to future i never liked you like hey, oh my God. <laughs> yo yo but i got a question for you before we close up here because we got i got two more things to do after we close up here but go ahead okay um Amari, I, 
And Wes, if you could pull up the statistics of the average size of a cheetah and stuff for me while oh, yes. I break this down for him. Mm-hmm. Amari, I have told multiple people that I believe that, you know, you. 50% of the time, I'm, I'm that confident that 50% of the time. I think it's more than 50. If you, you, I think it really you, is. You're truly, being I'm honest. trying to be. You be modest right now, and I, I don't like that. I don't like that, nigga. Don't be modest, nigga. Don't be fucking modest about this, all right? If if I am faced with a cheetah trying to kill me, I will survive. How do you feel about that take? Open field. This is an open field battle. If you are. Can you please repeat? You said if a cheetah is chasing you and you survive? No, I didn't say chasing me. I said if a cheetah is squared up with me and it wants to attack me, I think. Truly, I think. I, I mean, I got to be overconfident. I think nine times out of ten, truly, like my true heart tells me nine times out of ten, I, I'll survive it. My my brain and my heart will tell you this. If you do not survive a cheetah attack, it's your it's your own fucking fault. And I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. A cheetah is not an aggressive animal. A cheetah is not an aggressive animal. Crazy. Nah. A cheetah is not an aggressive animal. Mm-mm. A Show black me. man is a more aggressive animal than a cheetah. And I say that not with... Not with any say it, hey, say it twice, nigga. Like Dr. Umar, say it one more time. A black man is a more aggressive animal than a cheetah. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, why, that's why we don't cheat. But for the cats, nigga. Wait. <laughs> I'm done. I'm crying. Wait, wait, gravity. <laughs> Man. Listen, though, mm-hmm. the reason I say this is because well, if, if a cheetah sees us, the cheetah, its senses are more attuned and attuned in different ways. The cheetah's not, if you're squared up with the cheetah, the cheetah's not seeing your back. It's not seeing you running. It's not seeing prey behavior. The cheetah is seeing maybe an adversary, maybe a respectable mm-hmm. life form, maybe a friend. Who knows? Depends on how much on how you relate to, to felines. I love felines. My and- ex were all caddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a bar. I'm gonna get that off. I relate to felines. My ex is all caddy. Caddy, that is a bar. A that bar. is a bar. That's a fucking bar. That's a bar and a half. Yo, but that's what I'm saying, bro. So even if it does want to attack me, I don't even. I've come to terms with this, and that's why it's a nine out of ten now. It's because. I wouldn't even have to actually with the cheetah specifically. I might not even have to kill it because, like you said, they're not aggressive. They're not as aggressive as we are. So if it realizes that I'm a fight, it's just gonna go. All right, it's not worth it, and leave. Cheetahs have brittle bones, bro. The average cheetah weighs about one hundred sixty pounds. One hundred. No, no, no. 
Cheetah. Yeah. Cheetah, yeah. The average cheetah weighs about 160 pounds. I think you told me to look it up. What's we talking about? I believe that, but I also believe that they can be as that they can be much smaller than that. I believe yeah, they that can be average, yeah. they're, they're in between. Yeah. They're in between 140 and 160. Yeah. All right. What I just found. Are you sure you're looking up cheetah, bro? That makes sense, man. Is that what a cheetah? Right there. And it, what does that look right there in cheetah? It does. It does say. What does that say, bro? To 146. It does say. That's a 46 age, my nigga. No, it's not age. God, I don't think cheetahs live that long. But she just lived 46 years, bro. Shut the fuck up. Are you stupid? But that's you don't know. So, bro, if the average <laughs> so weight is 46, could be thank you, bro. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. I had to look that up, bro. Get out of here, bro. 40 160 pounds. No, bro. I know it's not that much. And what I have right here says it's between the average um, uh, adult cheetah is 75 to 40. 125. That's what I have. 75 to 125, bro. That's light work. I don't care how scratched they are, how quick they are. None of that. The cheetah now, is I not need people programmed to... to fight a nigga. That's, <laughs> that's what, what I'm saying. saying. <laughs> bro, bro. That's really the simplest of the, the, the conversations. Bro, not most like... cheetahs, most cheetahs, most cheetahs, if they're, if they're trying to take down an antelope, like if they're trying to take down a full-grown antelope, they can't even do that shit by themselves. They have to do it in groups. It's fact. They are get from the, it comes back to what Amari is saying. Like their natural instinct is to attack from attack from behind. If there's something the, they only attack things that are naturally going to turn their back and run from them. Because now in their animal instinct, oh, all I know is all I've been bred and born on is my prey is what runs from me. If That's something huge too. If something does not turn its back, it, it run from me, then it's much to what you just said, Amari. It's either an adversary, a friend, you know? I, I just had to get, you know, yeah, another no. black man's uh, opinion on, on the whole cheetah situation because Miles originally said I couldn't do it, but oh, I, I swayed him. I sw- you did. You did. You did, Wes. You did. You originally said... I don't think you could do it. When you but broke it down and gave me the... When I broke... Yes, exactly. Let me finish my sentence, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. And then when I broke it down to him, he was the only one who turned. Everyone else still said, bro, you can't do it. Now, that says a lot about, you know, the people I'm around, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's a fact. That's a <laughs> that says a lot more no, about... You're dead, bro. <laughs> you're dead. <laughs> bro, you can't... What? The cheat, the cheat? No way, bro. You can't. It's it's a wild cheat, animal, man. You can't. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the... the, 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 the the reason why, and he initially said it, is because I already had this, you know, before he broke it down. I mean, that made me, like, th- once again, think about other animals in the wild differently at this point now, too. Because, like, I am, as human beings and as a black male, I am the apex predator, Nikki. Now, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's a fact. And, and I had to break it down for him because people get cheetahs and leopards. Exactly. Confused. Exactly. I did not say I could take a fucking leopard. Exactly. And once you started to break it down and all that shit, I was like, You're, nigga, we, we're, let a cheetah walk in here right now. You know what a leopard will give you? A leopard will give you two blowholes in your skull. <laughs> yeah. You'll you exactly. have a quick and painless death. Drake will be proud. Drake will be like, good job. Quick <laughs> death and an easy one. Cheetah give you, not cheetah, cheetah can't give you neither. The leopard will give you one of each. <laughs> Damn. Damn. 
And you know, because when you talk to white people about it, they're like tigers, dude. I'm like, yo, a tiger's a thousand fucking pounds, bro. No one said anything about taking a tiger. Look up what a cheetah is. But anyways, it's like I digress. it's not even it's not even in the same family as a tiger or a leopard. No like yeah. cat. A cheetah is more closely related to a house cat than it yeah, is a tiger or a leopard. That's from that's straight up casual geographic. That's from uh <laughs> That that's from that YouTuber, Casual Geographic. He's an African dude. I oh yeah, yeah, I love him. He's country. great. He's great. I love. I him. gotta look at. I gotta look up him talking about cheetahs, because yeah, you know, I'll eat that shit up. I'm yeah, fucking up a fox too. A fox, yeah. A fox, I mean, a, a fox, fox is like a cat, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's gonna run away from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not gonna even come up to you, bro. It's gonna be hiding forever. It'll, there's no chance it'll come up to you. It's funny because uh, Barbera was telling me a story about one of his coworkers that got fucked up by a fox, and I'm t- looking at this day. I'm like. It's just like it's just like you I'm said. Crying uh, I got <laughs> bro. If you get fucked up by an animal like that, I got questions about you. And they telling me, oh, bro. I'm like, bro. If a fox approached me, I'm punting it. <laughs> it's not even. It's, I'm punting it. Yeah, and if it jumps and avoids my punch, I'm catching it midair and tossing it. Fuck yeah. are we talking about? People, people don't understand that like fight or flight response. Like I've I know I've there's been circumstances where I've had to get close to that fight response, like completely. And nigga, I'm a different animal. I'm Same a beast. Different animal. Same beast, but a different fucking animal when it gets to, when it's life or death. What do you, do you think it is? Is that as us as black males and growing up in Africa, you know, the homeland, the motherland, where our indigenous people literally had to deal with the most vicious animals around for the longest amount of time? Yeah, that's a huge part. That's a huge part. That's why we look like this, bro. Max, number number Has one. But do you? You know, do you think like instinctually as well too that kicks in our fight or flight when we really gotta fight? Because there's some situations that you know, and obviously for the most time you will want to avoid a lion or one of those big mm-hmm. critters back in the day. But then there's sometimes nigga, you can't and you got your fight or flight. You have to physically fight those nigga, those creatures. They're that niggas, they live in Africa. They're, they're niggas. <laughs> yeah. You say that word, they feel it too. Yeah, facts. facts. No, facts. Yo, no, that's exactly what that's exactly what it is, bro. That's exactly what it is. It's it's like that when they say, you know, you give your previous selves or your past selves or your ancestors, all that information, all that information is is right here. It's programmed instinct. It's your instinct. Mm -hmm. So that's that's instinct. Yes. All your ancestral shit, that's your instinct. That's Mm -hmm. how I know I could do it because I said. When I figured out how small a cheetah was and I saw like how they I'm like, I'm not racing it. <laughs> it's not a race. <laughs> You're trying to beat this motherfucker before you die. I ain't running like Omari, nigga. Because nah. there was not even situations. Not even West, not even situations necessarily where it's like, oh. I don't want to come I, like there's a lion that shows up or a leopard or anything. You got to think about hunting situations where they're going to go hunt the same thing that the lion and leopards are hunting. Right. So they see a cheetah and they're like, oh, we're not stressed. Mm-mm. We yeah. can still hunt right here. They see a lion or a tiger. They go, 
we got to be a little more careful Tactical. here. We, we might have to dip around this. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's all right here. That's all instinct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I would even say that shit out loud should let niggas know it's probably a possibility. Man. Come on. Come on, man. That's why I even, that's why before you even said it to Amari, I was like, listen, you ain't got to say what's already understood. <laughs> yeah, so Wes, how you want to close it up? You said you had two more things you wanted to say. I was going to talk about the future album, but that's something we can talk about later on a different way because we got facts. You know what I'm saying? We got to have this man, oh, Dr. OG Amari uh, back on, bro. But, this shit was facts. You're reading my future, and I appreciate you. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that I would do, Bria, because it's a little funny and it's a little lighthearted, something, nigga, you know, naturally, as men, you know, scratch your balls, you get a little sniff. You know what I'm saying? Afterwards, just, just nature. You know, it's just how it is. Why do niggas scratch their balls and get a sniff? And then why sometimes that stink, a good stink? Okay. Well, Wes, I'm going to tell you a couple things. I can break that down scientifically for you. <laughs> I can't but before I do on. that, before I do that, bruh, Go ahead. I don't really be sniffing my balls. <laughs> now, now, you're gonna scratch when I when I do. I guess I do I always sniff. I guess you do always sniff. I'm saying I'm <laughs> no, thinking of the ball adjustment when you adjust and you. Know, oh no no when no, you no, scratch no. when you got to scratch yeah yeah you sniff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good stink. That's weird. I don't think you're supposed to think it's a good stink. I think your girl's supposed to think it's a good stink, but I don't think you're supposed to think it's a good stink. That might tell a little something about you, but I'll break it down for you right now. Niggas do that shit. Do that. It goes right back. It don't goes right back that. to what we said about instinct, bro. You, we did that back in the day because there wasn't always doctors and hospitals to tell us that we were sick or had an infection or something wrong was there. We did that because we had a normal stench. And then when we smelled something different, we said, ooh, something's wrong down there. I should probably, you know, wash it some more, get some fucking aloe vera and pour on it, mm-hmm. or fucking some apple cider vinegar and try to fucking clean that shit out. That's basically why we do it. It's instinctual. We can't help it. Same same reason why people look at their poop, because they want to see if it looks okay, if it looks normal. Checking your poop is one of the, it's one of the things that is most important about having a healthy body. It's one of the Facts. most important factors of my personal training approach. It's I, the gut, man. It's the what's gut. The per- what's the perfect poop look like that? It's different for everybody, low key. But what's similar about it is that it's it's a uh, just it's a it's a nice you know even brown. Um, now it depends on what you're eating too, right? Because what you're going to eat is going to affect it, and we know these things now. But a nice even brown, not too, you know, um, sick, uh, cyclical. It should it should be a little thick, you know, Cellular depending wise. on your butthole size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's basically what it should be. It doesn't really matter if it's in pieces or if mm-hmm. it's in one huge log. But optimally, you would want it to come out as one huge log. You want to know that your gut is well balanced. And that's how you figure it out by Fact. what comes out of it. Fact. Talking, to, speaking about well balanced and just balance in general, and that's the theme of this pod. And honestly, the theme of who's to say is when these niggas touch down. I feel like we got some real balanced cohesion right here. You know, it's a very cohesive unit. Seems very balanced. They got jokes. Got very um, <clears throat> open mindedness as well to a lot of things. And you know, some, you know, a little little banter, little little clash as well. A little chop. Well, good shot. So, you know, I just want to close this out, right, by, by saying 
Mr. Mr. Dr. Omari Green, Dr. OG, thank you. I really want to thank you for coming on today. When when Zell, when I hit Zell and I was like, bro, please ask that man if he can come on. And he goes, I bet. And then literally 10 minutes before he goes, you're gonna slide. You I wish you were a, a fly on the wall when you saw the, the fucking grin to grin. I had smiles like, oh, we're gonna get into it today. And and, and we did. Now I was now, so happy he he yeah. Miles asked to like because I will I was I wanted to bring it to, to him for for weeks mm-hmm. on end, but you know, we're working on you know improving the podcast and things like that. So I didn't want to, you know, add another thing to you know have him contemplate. And the fact that he just brought it to me and he wanted to even, he was okay with even doing this one over Zoom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was so happy. So I, I I would love to have you back. I said, anytime I would, you want to join, bro. So this is cathartic for me. Uh, catharsis, the healing of trauma, right? Mm-hmm. If it exists, we have to digest it. And talking is one way to help digest. So shout out, this is one shout out to those people who who only feel comfortable comfortable talking and don't feel comfortable in silence, for them, right. I understand. It helps, it helps process, it helps digest. But either way, I love being here. I love this podcast experience. Before I listened to your last episode, I listened to an episode of the School Days podcast. I oh, helped yeah, start that. that. Yeah, I remember. And in my home. And it feels like going home when I listen to it. It feels cathartic. It feels peaceful. Mm. I feel balanced. Mm. And I have a great I think interest. we end it right. Oh, sorry. I have a great interest. I have to capitalize it. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta say it. You gotta say it twice. Look, he gotta go say ahead. it twice. He on his Umar shit. Yo, I have a great interest in our mutual success. Appreciate that. As I do too. I love this nigga, bro. I love May the fourth, man. <laughs> May the fourth be with me. Wait, what? Do they have a do they have a symbol? Do they have like a you know like how an AOT? Nah, says? they don't. They don't do that. Uh, nah, it's not one. But they, they don't have anything. No, nah, it's just you know it's Jedi. Oh, they fucked up. They fucked nah, up. No, with that. I, got, I got one for you right now. Take your right hand. Oh yeah, it's this thing. That's, 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 that's Star, Star Trek. Trek. Oh, that's, that's Star, Star Trek. Trek. A different, uh, listen, same movie. animal, different beast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, hey, that's a fact. Yeah, I don't watch Star Trek, but I, I love Star Wars. Mm-hmm, same. But take mm-hmm. your right hands. Do this with me. I know I'm not on camera. Put down your pinky finger and your ring finger. Put down the ring finger, too. Keep the thumb. Wait, keep the thumb out. And thumb out, right? It's like you got a gun. Open up the tool, open up the peace sign real quick. There you go. Am I doing this wrong? Nah, you're perfect. Let's see, Miles. Miles, put down the ring finger. And put it up the, yup, there you go. Like you're gonna bust a shot and then open it up. Bang. Okay. May, thumb, may, Thumb is May, pointer finger, right? V, middle finger, fourth. May the fourth. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Yeah.
Hey, and just like that, we out of here, nigga. Oh, it's on Twitter. <laughs> uh, bottom merge. We still got some sweatshirts left. Already, <laughs> just a couple. Already, already, man. Dang. <laughs>